Welcome back to Cocktails and Classics. This week, hi, it's <laughs> I, Dylan, <laughs> Zach, and Ben. I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, that sounded so fucking <laughs> awkward. I can't wait for people to hear that. It is You're I, not to re-record Dylan. It. It, it is I, I Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> I am the one, the one who Dylan's. I'm Dylan, and with me are Zach and Ben. <laughs> this week we did maybe a christmas movie i feel like it's like 75 percent christmas uh, at least but uh we did the nightmare before christmas you know on disney it's listed under the holiday section so i think it counts i mean it's also listed under the halloween section and when the movie was over the recommendation was hocus pocus so like who knows it's uh <laughs> it's definitely some blurred lines but not that like creepy robin thick song Less not the rapey song. Goats. Hey, I mean that that song started that one girl's career, the one that's just naked on uh, the internet all the time. Oh yes, that one. Um, yeah. I know exactly you know who I'm talking, talking about. about. Please yeah, tell you everybody know who else I'm talking though. About. What's her name? You know exactly who I'm talking about. Dylan's like, yes, that one girl who populates all of the sexual content on the internet. You know her. You know that one. There's not a ton of them. There's only like one. Hold on, I'll find it. Emily Rata Jakowski. Oh, I know her. Oh, she's the one in the blurred lines video. Yeah, yeah, she held the goat. This one. The bane of the bane of her existence. I feel like that's what people say. Um, that's like something like Adam West says about starring in the Batman movie. It's like or the Batman TV show. It's like it's the bane of my existence. Like it's the only reason you have a career, my dude. Yeah. Like, get out of here. Blurred lines is the bane of my existence. Oh, really? The reason you're famous and you have all of the money you have—that's that's the bane of it. Mm. It's like bands who are tired of playing their big hit when you go see them yeah. live, and they just kind of like just put it off. It's like, all right, come on, man. This is what got you here. It's really a big like hyperbole, anyways. It's like really that's yeah. the thing that's like the worst part of your life is. This music video you did about 10 years ago or whatever. <laughs> Come on. This week we did the This Is Halloween by Beetle House. And I tried to I tried to zhuzh it up a little bit. Not not the best play I've ever had in my life. Um, <laughs> so their recipe is one and a half ounces of fireball, a half ounce of Decoiper sour apple pucker, half ounce of pumpkin liqueur. I don't know where you get that. An ounce of apple cider ginger beer and then one lime wheel i thought i'd be like a fancy boy and so i did bourbon instead of fireball i did applejack instead of uh i used pumpkin puree instead of pumpkin liqueur uh and then i used apple cider and ginger beer and scrapped the lime wheel it was it was fine pumpkin puree didn't really give me the pumpkin flavor i was quite expecting because it's pumpkin but it does give you this really kind of gross like separation yeah as the puree starts to fall like it's like the weight and it starts to like separate again you're just kind of like all right let me stir this every like five minutes when i want to take a sip it's 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 good mental image of the word slop yeah um it wasn't it wasn't the best maybe follow the recipe for this one don't try to get fancy. So, I am on the, uh, I have a Jim Beam 12 Days of Bourbon Advent Calendar that Ooh. I'm working my way through. Okay. So, uh, 
Yes. There really is just an this advent was... calendar for everything now, isn't there? Yeah. Yep. The first one was um, vanilla. It was really good. Each like time you open one, it has like a cocktail on the flap. So kind of a neat little thing. Um, I don't have a shit ton of ingredients in my house. So with this one, I just did, uh, it was sour apple bourbon. I threw in a little bit of peach brandy and topped it off with some soda. So it's like a little, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's good. But yeah, I wasn't going to make an extra cocktail on top of the, the whiskey or bourbon, I guess. So on top of my, my nightly bourbon I have. So is it like a little like small, like two ounce shooter? It's like an airplane shooter. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Do you guys think making a cocktail is more like cooking or baking? Do you think you cooking. have to follow the recipe or do you think you you're better off like, you mm. know, letting it flow a little bit? I, I think, think it depends. depends. It is definitely more baking and the like like measurement aspect because to to me baking has always been like a science. Like it's yeah. very you you use 300 grams of that, you use five, 50 grams of this. Like you measure it out. You don't do like you don't just scoop it into a cup. Like you're not supposed to use cups. Sorry Americans. Uh, <laughs> cups are an awful measurement. Uh by weight is ideal. Uh, but just baking's always been like yeah baking's always been like uh you put a little too much and you completely ruin it but like cooking is like you freestyle and do whatever you, your heart desires you set out to make some pasta and you're like i'm gonna put a little onion in there put a little garlic you can do that sometimes with cocktails but it can really throw off the balance i think you can experiment with a cocktail once you're comfortable enough with like a couple bases of it you know what i mean it's like a yeah. cookie once you know how to make a good cookie dough, then you can experiment with putting in chocolate chips or whatever other, you know, you want to throw maybe some Reese's Pieces in there instead. You know what I mean? You want to just try something new. That's fine. But you have to know how to make a good cookie first before you can start kind of experimenting. And I feel like that's kind of how it is with cocktails. I'll be honest. I'll try mixing new things just to see what it's like. Um... And yeah, sometimes you stumble upon something fantastic. And other times you're Randall. Other times you regret your decision, and with every sip, you're just like, do I pour it down the sink? But you don't. You don't, because that's alcohol abuse. I'm too cheap. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to pay to replace it, so it's going to get me drunk one way or the other. Yeah, I'm too cheap to pour it out, and I'm like, fuck, that's like six bucks worth of alcohol. It's time to... <laughs> It's time to down the hatch. Yep. Hit up the Drizzly and Castro links down below and get yourself your alcohol delivered directly to your door. And you can get some pumpkin liqueur or some of these more niche ones that go into this is Halloween. Um, and like we said, don't don't try to make this something fancy. Just follow the recipe. And you can check out The Nightmare Before Christmas on Disney+. Plus. Nightmare Before Christmas is in 1993 animated family fantasy film it's currently sits at an 8.0 out of 10 on imdb it's the story of jack skellington the king of halloween town discovers christmas town but his attempt to bring christmas to his home causes confusion directed by henry selick written by tim burton and michael mcdowell carolyn thompson it stars danny elfman chris sarandon Catherine o'hara william hickey Paul Rubens was nominated for one Oscar. 
best effects visual effects i had seen this film you guys had not no sir i had not this is only my second time viewing it so i forgot when we when we were like yeah let's do nightmare before christmas i forgot how musical it is which i feel like made zach probably hate it question mark because you don't like musicals guys i kind of like this movie whoa I did, yeah. There were some parts of it that were slow, but uh, maybe it's just musicals about like people in the 50s and their first world problems I don't care about. Some of the other voices in this movie that was kind of interesting, uh, for those of you who are fans of Whose Line Is It Anyway, um, Greg Proops, who's uh, frequently on the show, um, he does a couple voices. The voice of the mayor is... Um, his name is Glenn Shaddix. He mostly does a lot of work with Tim Burton movies. He was the... Have you got, Zach, have you seen Beetlejuice? Oh, yeah. He's like the decorator in Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he's the voice of the mayor. Um, those were two names that kind of stuck out to me. Obviously, Catherine O'Hara's made a huge resurgence with Schitt's Creek. Um Ooh, Adele and Tyen. He was Father Ripper in Heather's. Yes. Yep. Father Ripper. Is that the one that's like, he was a nice young man? Like yeah, the, I think so. The yeah. Priest. Yeah, yep. the actor is the mayor in this. He's Did you also... guys talk about Paul Rubens? No. No, we weren't going to touch ourselves with that one. I think we should. Let's get into it. Uh, was this pre? Was this... Was this the pre-theater incident, Pee-wee? I would have, I would have mad. I would assume. What happened to Pee-wee Herman at a theater? I can't tell if you're being serious or not. Currently googling it. <laughs> uh, he was, he was caught masturbating in a theater. Mm. He in no way exposed himself. His publicist statement says. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> quite, quite a headline. I think I got the, I think I got the gist from for his. <laughs> publicist said yeah as um frank on is yeah frank reynolds and always sunny played by danny devito would say he was at a community theater and was caught possibly with his pants down danny elfman i i thought ben would love this movie because of danny elfman's music and i guess singing i don't know if you've ever listened to or seen anything where he sings but um yeah i love danny elfman's scores and I will say, the music in this was good. It was a good kind of musical. Was it the claymation then you didn't like? Yeah, I did not like the... Yeah, this I'm comes from not... an animation nerd. Well, I'm also just oh, not a huge... Real world effects, get that shit out of here. Where's the fucking computer? No, no, like, it's cool the fact that, you know, that they did everything with the puff tree and the, and the you know, the wire puppets and that. I just, I don't love tim burton's aesthetics on things yeah like i i just Which is, I, I wonder don't. how much it, he wonder how much he had a hand in this with like but i mean i think henry Selleck has done other tim burton movies too right like Car- caroline wasn't that also sort of tim burtony yep it no, was and tim burton was a producer on that wasn't he uh i mean he didn't write it or anything but I, he might have been a producer I could have sworn. Oh, Neil Gaiman wrote it. That makes sense. James and the Giant Peach. That's Ronald Dahl. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge. I, uh, I just this this movie has either. 
It's not even the actual, like I said, it's not even the animation, like, style. It's just too much Tim Burton for me. Like, it's too Tim Burton-y. Where the puppets are, you know, Jack with the weird, his hands look like they could reach the ground, even though his legs are also obnoxiously long. Um, everything just looks kind of fucking weird. Like, I just, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't love... I don't love Tim Burton's stuff. I've never been a huge... I know. Oh, yeah. Coming from the guy who loves Batman. You don't love Tim Burton's work? I, I don't love it when it gets too Tim Burton-y. Um, and this was like they went to Tim Burton and were like, Dude, go ham. Just do whatever the fuck you want. And this is what we got. No, I... I like you said, I loved Danny Elfman's scores. Um, I thought... The music in this was good for a Halloween-themed musical, um, but I just, literally the words too Tim Burton-y are what come to my mind. Yeah, it's definitely like a, an aesthetic, and I don't know if it's for me in a sense. Like, like we were, like, I don't know. I just think, like, he, he likes to make things ugly, in a sense, or, like, repulsive, and it's not really what I, what I like. Because when I think of it, I think of, like, Beetlejuice, like this, like some of the monsters were, or like Oogie Boogie, for instance. Yeah. Well, I mean, even like Garbage like, Bag Patrick, like the Corpse Bride, <laughs> or you know, everything like Frankenweenie, the other stuff that's very Tim Burtony. It's just, it's too much. It looks very dirty. It looks very, honestly, and this sounds bad, but it looks very student film no matter how professional it is i feel like a lot of the things he does looks kind of amateur yeah edward scissorhands sweeney todd not even his live action stuff i'm saying just more like his claymation oh, and, and animation style like they look very like rough and dirty they don't look like you know it doesn't look like they had someone come in behind him and clean up the character designs. It looks like they took his character sketches and were like, here's what it looks like, Tim. And he's like, this looks exactly like my sketch. Versus a lot of times it's like, hey, here's this sketch. Okay, hey, we changed it a little bit to make it look a little bit cleaner and neater. Here's what we're going to base the model off of. It seems like a lot of the times Tim Burton stuff doesn't do that. I think technically we are in the Tim Burton fan club, though, right now. After Batman and uh, Mars Attacks. I like Tim Burton's stuff when there's someone there to reel him in. Whether that be a studio or, or something. Um, it's just the times that Tim Burton's given like money and is just told, you do you. That I feel like the only people that really enjoy it are people who love it. Like I feel like there's not really a lot of middle ground. You either really like Tim Burton's aesthetic... Or you don't like it. There's no like, yeah, I think it's okay. Guys, I like it. I loved how dark it was. How creepy it was. But it wasn't like scary creepy. I feel like it always evaded my radar. Because I associated it with a certain type of person. <laughs> Very like hot topic girl. With the like people that like idolized. Not necessarily idolized, but like. We're all obsessed with like the Jack and uh, 
what's her name? Um, Sally. Sally. Yeah, like their like relationship, and I'm like, really? That's like, I don't, I don't know. Well, uh, I will say that's the idea I had into it too, because that's what you always associate it with. And I feel like there's not a ton between those two for as much like merch and shit is put out there. It's just a vibe. It's it's really like a shipping. Yeah. Yeah. People love to ship those two and then it's like we have to make millions of uh different merchandise. Yeah, it, it's it's fine. I think some of the musical numbers like I re- I remembered. Obviously this is Halloween is like the the banger, the the iconic one. Yeah, I think a lot of the the songs in that are really good. I like the the kidnap kidnap the Santa Claus one that they do. I think that's kind of a it's just kind of different. It's a fun upbeat type of of song in that, but man, anything Oogie Boogie did slapped. Yeah. Uh, uh who who voiced Oogie Boogie? Like his same um, voice cuz it it was it was a banger. Ken, his name's Ken Page. I went to his IMDb page. He does a lot of, like, either voice work or a lot of, like, Broadway stuff. Like, he was famous for being in Cats. Was, like, his big thing on Broadway. He was, um... Interesting. What freaking character was he in Cats that I, I'm trying to remember? Old Deuteronomy. Yes, yeah, so, like, the whatever kind of the i don't know how to describe him in cats but like kind of the wise old cat i haven't seen that uh maybe we should watch that movie for the podcast maybe not in april (laughs) uh can we watch the the butthole cut (laughs) (laughs) if not what are we watching if we're not watching the butthole cut why are we watching it I love that Jack always calls him Sandy Claus. Yes, yeah, Sandy Claus. He's <laughs> like, I don't see any claws. Yeah, this is a Christmas movie, though. Like, for sure, this is a Christmas movie. Yeah, I would... Like I said, I think it's like 75-80% Christmas. There's the there's the bit of it being like a Halloween movie because it's literally based in like Halloween Town. But the rest of the movie is like basically kind of like the santa claus or like any other christmas movie where we have to like learn how to deliver presents and and try and fix the holiday you know it's like it, it is a christmas movie santa yeah claus jack, is the trump card jack santa trying claus to is teach, in your movie it's well, a christmas movie <laughs> i don't know, I don't know about that <laughs> name a movie that's not a christmas movie but santa claus is in it uh, what's that fucking animated movie they made with Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and all the other... The Nightmare Before Christmas. No, not The Nightmare Before Christmas. Rise of the Guardians? Is that a Christmas movie? Oh, maybe it is. Because so. it looks like the... Looks like the bad guy is, like, supposedly Jack Frost? Man, I don't fucking know, but it's got, like, the Easter Bunny and shit... No, it says when the evil spirit pitch launches an assault on Earth, the immortal guardians team up to protect the innocence of children all around the world. That doesn't sound like a Christmas movie to me. It is, yep. though. Santa Claus. Is there you go. There you go. Get wrecked. One of my favorite lines was the mayor 
asking for Jack to come outside, being like, I'm only an elected official. I can't make decisions by myself. <laughs> like, damn. Get wrecked. The mayor is such, like, a goofy character. Like, when he flips over to his other face, he's always like, we've only got 365 days until Halloween. I expected him to be kind of, like, scarier, but he just is just kind of a bumbling oaf. I feel like most most characters in Halloween Town aren't necessarily scary in a sense. Besides, like Boogie Boogie is like the like bad, the scary bad guy. You know, like most of the other people are just like the clown with the tearaway face. Because fuck that, that dude's terrifying. It's kind of like a uh, it or Pennywise from Yeah. I love the I love the the gumpy zombie with the axe in his head. Who's just basically like a potato. Yeah. Well, he's got an axe in his head. Yeah. I, no, it makes sense. I'd be a complete vegetable, too, if I had an axe in my head. Well, you're pretty close. <laughs> a lot of this movie to me was, uh, like, before I'd ever seen it, I played, like, Kingdom Hearts. And you go to Halloween Town in the first Kingdom Hearts. So yeah. I was like, that's, like, that was the extent of my... Like nightmare before Christmas knowledge. Um, can we talk about the the troubling relationship between the science? What was it, Doctor Finkelstein and Sally? Like yeah. that was a little, little fucking creepy. Yeah, she was a sex doll, right? I mean, it's what it kind of seems like. That's just what she was made to be—his slave. Yeah. yeah. I mean, isn't that what Frankenstein's monster is? I don't. I think this... he was just trying shit. He, he had a guy. Yeah, complex. I think he was just kind of an experiment. Now, the Bride of Frankenstein, now she was made basically just to be that the was, wife of Frankenstein. Like, there was, was no other slave. reason. Like, there was no other reason for that to, to happen. Um, I also like the time that he completely calls her out about her drugging him. And it's like, this is the second time you've done this. And she's like, actually, it's the third. Like, damn. Insubordinate. Churlish. <laughs> also, he had no problem with her just continuing to feed him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she does drink well, him no. with the, the slot. Yeah, spoon. with the fake spoon. Which, you know, can't believe he didn't see that. I like how she tips it up and then there's no holes in the spoon. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Yeah, bit of a goof. I also like his, uh, after Sally, like, runs away and he does the, like girl the lady who looks just like him builds builds another one i'm like come on yeah it was kind of i i was just kind of watching that and like mm, man this is not uh this is not great it's not great it's one of those things where like you know you don't really have a good excuse for something but it happened and you're just like well it was the 90s <laughs> it reminds me of debbie downer from snl well i got the results back i have cancer lord this review says sally reattaching her limbs together like the girl boss she is (laughs) what what is that in letterbox (laughs) jesus Watching this for the first time at 29 years old, and let me tell you, I'd let Sir Skellington have his way with me. (laughs) (laughs) 
People like the Maybe bone I need daddy. to get off a letterbox. What is going on over here? You made it to a horny letterbox. Yep. You made what it if I said boxed. I fancy Jack Skellington? What then? You're, you have a type, and they're dudes whose arms are longer than their entire body put together. <laughs> NBA players enter the chat. <laughs> I was going to say. Dude's got like a 9'6 wingspan on like a 6'2 body. <laughs> He's oh got God. scars on his w- knuckles because his hands drag <laughs> on the ground. I was he a has to walk around like Will Ferrell and tag it, tell it take a nice with his hands up. I was a little zonked out on my meds when I watched this last night, and the first and only thought that crossed my mind was if they ever do a white, uh, if they ever do a live action remake of this film, whoever plays Jack Skellington is going to immediately become Twitter's white boy of the month. Was that Cameron? It was not Cameron. <laughs> Cameron's review on Letterboxd. All right, hear me out. Live action Nightmare Before Christmas. The obvious, obvious choice to play the Bone Daddy, Pete Davidson. No. Oh. No? It's a Tim Burton movie. I just assumed Johnny Depp and his wife, whose name I'm blanking on. Um, Tim Burton's wife? Yes. She was in uh, Fight Club... Um, oh, Hel- Helena, Helena Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. Yes. She, those two would probably be in it somewhere. Probably as the leads because that's what Tim Burton does. Oh, they split. Oh, they did? Uh, last year, after 13 years, Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Carter have split. The pair who were never married first met in yada, yada, yada. What a shame. Wah, wah. Who, will, who will act in his movies now? I, I don't know. There, there isn't much to this movie, to be honest. I'm like, I'm like, what haven't we covered? I'm like, to be honest, there's not much. Like, it's like he discovers Christmas, so he goes and steals Santa Claus, and he's gonna do Christmas, and then he fucks it up and gets Santa Claus back. Like, that's literally the entire movie in like mm-hmm. three sentences. It's kind of a short movie too. Yeah, it's like what 120 minutes or not 120, an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, I will say it was weird, like, I watching the movie, and I would, you know, pause it to do something, and I'm like, wait, there's only, like, 20 minutes left? When when the fuck is the, like, when does this come to a head? Like, the fact that within the last 20 minutes is when he actually goes out of Santa Claus, gets shot down, goes back to Halloween Town, frees Santa Claus, and then they wrap everything up, and I'm like, I was honestly shocked that they were able to just put a bow on everything in like 20 minutes i wonder i wonder how well this movie i wonder how well this movie will stand up going forward i mean it's still pretty popular for something that came out in 1993 i didn't know that this movie came out before we were born i thought this was like a 2003 type of thing i mean i could understand because there was a big run of like Wallace and Gromit's Coraline, a bunch of other like kind of um, similar type claymation esque claymation esque movies that came out in the late nineties, early two thousands. I know Coraline was quite a bit later than that, but I think it was like oh nine. But it, it's understandable to think why this, because this animation didn't really catch on until later, um, which is interesting because that's when they would have done the sequel to this movie. Yeah, I was going to say, this, it, it definitely falls in line with kind of like our age group, though, because we were kind of the age of, like, 
the Midwest emo stuff. <laughs> so it's like this kind of just falls right in that wheelhouse, to be honest. <laughs> Music that's a little emotional and and angsty. Here's a yeah, this here's movie... a weird movie that's kind of dark and talks about feelings, but at the same time, it's also corpses and shit. This movie um, is probably one for one straight correlation with My Chemical Romance fans. Oh, I guarantee you that Venn diagram is damn near a circle. Yeah. My Chemical Romance or like, uh, I don't know, The Used. So there's like a, plenty of bands that would fall under that umbrella. <laughs> Trying to think of like if there's a band that literally has like referenced Jack Skellington, like this movie. I feel like there's got to be. We're doing some quick research. Uh, Panic at the Disco did a This is Halloween cover. That uh, doesn't Amy... shock me. <laughs> no. Amy Lee, the lead singer of Evanescence, uh, did Sally's Wake song. Wake me up. <laughs> Fiona Apple did Sally's song. Helena Bomham Carter, Carter did uh, Sally's song. In the Corn did Kidnap the Santa Claus. Plain White Tees have done Poor Jack. All American Rejects have done Jack's Lament. Rise Against did Making Christmas. Fallout Boy, What's This? Flyleaf, What's This? Shiny Toy Guns, the finale slash reprise. Interesting. Oh, Zach, how did you not know this one? And I miss you. We can live like Jack and Sally. If we want. Having Halloween on Christmas. Wow. My eyes have been been opened there it is that's the reference yep there's the reference we asked about wow damn join us next week as we try to link whatever other christmas movie to uh pop punk slash emo bands we're gonna have some ads we're gonna come back and we're gonna do some trivia you you know we love saving the turts you know cam hates fucking paper straws paper straws song song uh. <laughs> I will say that paper straw technology has improved since I last shat on paper straws. I have used a couple since I've been able to go out more recently due oh, to yeah. being vaccinated. And That's what they were uh, doing the whole time while we were inside. They are just inventing better paper straws. I have seen also not paper straws, but it seems like they're compostable plastic straws or something. Like You're talking about the like ones that are made different. out of like agave or whatever? I have no idea what the composition of these straws are. I'm just, <laughs> but they are different. I'm than not a straw expert. You but you're the expert, Dylan. But I do know a good glass straw when I see one, you know? Yes. I will say for those, for being at home and where you, you know, maybe you like straws in your fruity margaritas or you like straws to mix with your, you know, old fashions or whatever, you know, having these straws around the home is really nice. No, not constantly like throwing things away or you don't have to keep buying straws all the time like you just buy a couple and then you're good and if you want cocktail picks or muddlers they have that too it, there's many colors he's getting into like designs so like the pride flag he puts it on like the side of the straw he's got hearts he's got critters it's like you get a piece of art along with a straw a little multi-use uh oh yeah he has critter straws which have there's see a dolphin a salamander that salamander looks intricate. That is impressive. Grab some glass straws from Surfside Sips. Use promo code Cocktails and Classics, spelled out, for twenty percent off. We get a little kickback from that, and you get you get to save some money on some glass straws, and they should last you a long time. Dishwasher safe, 
They're pretty sturdy. Just don't uh, drop them on the floor like me, like a big idiot. And you have to buy more. <laughs> Zach, uh, Zach comes up with some questions. He, he quizzes us on trivia, whether it's movie related or not. Zach, what do you got for us on Nightmare Before Christmas? Oh, we got some good ones. We got questions about sex dungeons and people's underpants. Let's start. Let's start with the, um, yeah, the sex dungeon and underpants. Uh, so when Lockshock and Barrel are shoving Santa down the chute to Oogie Boogie's sex dungeon, you can see Santa's underwear. What are they decorated with? A. Candy canes. B. Christmas trees. Or C. Holly. What's on Sandy's panties? <laughs> I feel like this Jesus whole question Christ. was just for that. It just was. For that it was. Joke. He wrote this whole question just for that one no, fucking joke. No, I just, I he literally did. just came he up started, with that. He started with that written down. It was no. like, okay, how do we get to here? <laughs> this <laughs> whole question is a vehicle for that to say Sandy no. panties. My my joke was Oogie Boogie's sex dungeon, and it I mean, wasn't that, funny. And then just, I just thought of Sandy's pants. That's the joke. It wasn't funny. I mean, Let's move on. I mean, yeah, the the Oogie Boogie sex dungeon definitely falls more in line with your brand of humor. Um, I have no idea. I and I literally just played the the freaking Oogie Boogie song, and I don't remember. Um, yeah, it it was that scene. I know. I'm going to say holly. I don't want to say Christmas trees because the, the thing was shaped like a Christmas tree. So I, would they like go that far? I'll say candy canes. Well, if you said candy canes at home, folks, you would be wrong because it's holly. Dang, nice. Got holly all over his tidy whities All right, Ben. With He's the... got the holly where he gets his jollies, if you know what I mean. If we're making, if we're making word, word puns. Question number two. How many holiday doors are there? A, 5, B, 7, or C, 9? Could you name five of them? Well, I, I know two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, know I know the three. two where the, the, you could, the people You could do came three. From. I want to say... Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> no, no. You're you, leading. You go. So you give, go. Give, no, no. You, you, me, you, you, me, you, you, me, you, you, me, you. I'm going to say five. I can't think of more than five, and I, I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say five, but I'll, I'll go seven. All right. So there's obviously Halloween Town, Christmas Town, those doors. Easter. We, Easter, we see the egg. There's also a turkey door. Oh, yeah, with the pilgrim hat. Yeah. There's a four-leaf clover door. There's a red heart door. And there's a red, white, and blue firework door. Damn. Seven What, what the fuck would... What would the July 4th one be? <laughs> Uncle Sam. That's the red, white, and blue one. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, like the other one's going to oh. have, like, mascots. Oh, He's the oh, mascot. Oh, oh. What, what's behind the door? So what's behind the door is it's one big Walmart. And, and there's... <laughs> Half the people on one side that are all like, I'm like, they're in like wife beaters and cut off jeans and they're complaining about vaccines. And then on the other side, there's like society. Right. <laughs> Still don't got that one. We're <laughs> at a tie at one point apiece. Um, Tiebreaker is pretty good if you guys both want to throw this. I mean, you don't know the answer anyways. Um. <laughs> 
Where's the Mickey Mouse? Question number three. As is tradition in most Disney movies, there's a hidden Mickey Mouse somewhere. Where is it in The Nightmare Before Christmas? A. On Zero's butt. B. On the Easter egg holiday tree. Or C. On Jack Skellington's table. I think it's the Easter egg holiday tree. God damn it. That was my thought too, but... You either win, lose, or tie right now. I know. Well, I guess you. I guess you might not win. <laughs> I know. I think Dylan's right, but for the sake of the game, what? Yeah. So you could say the same thing. You could go to the tie. No. No. Tiebreaker. To go to some <laughs> shitty inflation tiebreaker. <laughs> you have a better chance at winning on the tiebreaker. I have a better chance of winning on the tiebreaker. Yeah, I think so. So you're telling me Dylan's right got it? No, I don't. I'm not saying either way. I'm just saying you either lose or at best tie here. Or you, I mean, I guess if Dylan's wrong, you win. <laughs> so I'm going to guess the ornament? <laughs> well, that tree. wasn't an option. The, uh, I thought you said it, it was, was zeros on behind the, tree. the tree or it was the uh, table. Jack's uh, table. I thought you said it was something on the Easter tree. Yeah, the Easter egg tree, not an ornament. I thought it was an ornament was on, on the, the tree. tree. <laughs> oh, whatever. There were doors. There weren't ornaments. Whatever. That's my drunk? guess. You're being silly, Ben. Doug. That one's probably that one's probably my bad for talking too much. The answer was on Jack's table. Damn. That was my that was gonna be my guess. You talked me into the wrong answer. Yeah, that was gonna Son be my guess bitch. too. But, you know, that's how things go. All right, on to the tiebreaker. How many times does Jack say, what's this? It's either more than you think, less than you think, or exactly what you're thinking. Fourteen. Four. What's this? Oh, four? Ben had a much better shot of winning on the tiebreaker. It's 18. He says, what's this, constantly. I know, I was just going for the ones I, I... I knew he said it four times, and so I was like, I'm going to go low with what I know he said, and hopefully Ben goes over. It's like every four minutes, he says, what's this? What's this? <laughs> I like how you both slipped into Goofy. George, <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's this? this? Congrats, Ben, you did it. We review these movies. Some of us have seen it before, so we give it a little nostalgia. But Zach and Ben haven't seen it, so they'll give you some fresh ratings. What do you guys think i want to start off by saying i hate the word vibe and i hate that people use it to describe things nowadays but this movie but was a about fucking vibe this movie was a fucking vibe this movie was like listening to the black parade album this thing kind of slapped in a way there were parts that i didn't like i don't need fucking what's her face's song i don't need that slow shit but there were some legit bangers anything oogie boogie saying slapped uh, Santa Claus almost getting a blade in the nards slapped. Uh, Jack Skellington saving the day slapped. This movie gets a seven out of ten. Seven slaps out of ten slappers. You know, Zach described this movie as a vibe. I described this movie as a five. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, he did it. Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the music's good. I think the voice acting's good. I just. 
I don't love the Tim Burton of it all, and that's why I just can't get into it. Um, so it's a, it's a five out of ten. I think people who like Tim Burton stuff love this movie, and people who don't are kind of meh on it. So that's where I fall in the meh category. My preview. <laughs> so like you can see like your prior reviews for movies if you've seen them before on Letterbox. My my prior review for Nightmare or Nightmare Before Christmas is, oh, it's a musical. <laughs> Yeah, I I gave it a seven going in, and I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten again. It's it's good. Uh, I feel like you really have to be in the mood for it. I don't think if you go in expecting a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie, you're gonna be like blown away in a sense. But if you go in kind of expecting a blending of the two holidays. And really, this could be just like your, an amalgamation of the holiday season, per se. Going from, like... This is the one true Christmas. Thanksgiving movie, isn't it? Uh, planes, trains, it's kind of, but, you know. <laughs> I don't know. This movie literally b- blends you from Halloween to Christmas right in the middle. What yeah, else does I mean, that? You could, oh, wait. You could do Thanksgiving. it for either holiday, I feel like. I- any of the three, yeah. I feel like you could really rock it. The music's good. Uh, like Zach said, some of the songs are a little slow, and it's like, okay, all right, let's... And I, f- I feel like that happens with every musical. Uh, you know, you get the numbers that are, like, good and upbeat and, and really, like, get you going, but then there's going to be a down point where the music slows down or where the song is a little bit more emotional than other ones. And that just comes with the territory. I think you need that. Like, if every song were upbeat, the movie would feel ten minutes long. You'd be done and you'd be like, that That went way so, like, way too fast. It was. If like every it... song was happy by Pharrell Williams, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what would be the world of music? It would, it would, it would have no emotion. Um, yeah. I think... If you go and expect it, knowing sort of what to expect, it's a Tim Burton claymation. It's a musical. It's holiday themed. You're gonna like it. If you if you like that, you're gonna like it. So seven out of ten, I recommend it. And you can check it out on Disney Plus as of recording. If you like this, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Check us out on Instagram at Cocktails and Classics Pod. Tell us what you think of a Nightmare Before Christmas. Are you um, one of those people who go to Hot Topic and buy your Jack and Sally shirts? you blink 182 fan and that reference never made sense to me until right now in this instance my mind's a little blown share us with your friends and family leave a review on apple or wherever you listen helps us out and uh, as always watch responsibly <laughs>